It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion putter Jeff Fiegels. We will be here for the next hour to talk Giants and NFL football with you. Our phone number, if you'd like to participate, is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter if you're a little shy and bashful at hashtag GiantsChat. And later on, you'll find an archive of the show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. It is a beautiful summer day here in New Jersey, although I guess technically because we're past Labor it's Day, fall. it kind of counts as the fall. Mm-hmm. But but as far as I'm concerned, Jeff, this is extended summer. It's great out there. And <laughs> you're not on the golf course. You're here with mm-hmm. us, and mm-hmm. we just thank you for, for you being willing to share your day with yeah. our, our listeners. Well, I was on the golf course this weekend. It was beautiful <laughs> out. So, But, yeah, I'm excited. Hey, we've waited a long time to get to this point, Paul. Um, draft, free agency, you name it, training camp, but we are here, folks. It is getting ready to go. And by the way, I don't think we have a lot of uh, callers or uh, at least the people that do call in it are bashful. They will definitely call the show and they will express whatever they want to say, which is always good. So we got a lot to talk about this week uh, coming up, the Denver Broncos, which we all had circled on the calendar as the first one and getting ready to go. And man, I am jacked up to, to see how this gets going and Hopefully the Giants can play well and start off 1-0 because we do know this. It's been a long time that this Giant team has gone off to a good start, and we're hoping that that's not the case. It, it is the case this year um, with these uh, two games and basically, you know, how many days? Less than two weeks. So Sure. Oh, it's actually what? We got uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, like 11 days, two games. So This, this is very exciting, though, because yeah. once we get going, it's going to be full speed ahead. Yeah, and we got the, you know, I'm not, I'm looking ahead, nobody else is, but we got a divisional game next week on a Thursday night. So, one thing I like about that, two things. Number one, one of the division games right away. Okay, I know they like to save a lot of those to the end, but number two, you get that Thursday night game out of the way. And you don't have to worry about that sucker for the rest of the season because those are a pain in the neck. And I think that, you know, I think it, it's an advent, advantageous to the Bronco to the uh, Redskins and the Giants because you know, there's a lot of rest in between a week ago and, and these two first two weeks for the Giants and the Redskins. But um, I just like the fact that you don't have to look forward to a Thursday night game somewhere down the season because I hated them. Washington. They, Washington. Ah, uh, boom. Did I just say that? I actually did, didn't I? Yeah, Washington. Twice, actually. Okay. Mm. See, but when you played, they were the other team. Yeah. So it's okay. Again, That's historical okay. there, reference. There will be a fine. That is that is uh, okay. <laughs> just put it in. <laughs> Put it in my mailbox. I, I agree. I will pay the fine. That's well, well, once again, I will simply remind you that Schmelk and I both need a replica Super Bowl trophy, and we will continue to remind you every Still time you Still working on that. Up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last I had heard, the guy that made the trophy was uh, out of the country for a little bit. So I, 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 I left a voicemail and said, hey, make sure you get a hold of me when you get back. So there you go. Yes. Uh, let me let me ask you this, Jeff. As long as we are just about to open the season against Denver at home on Sunday, 
you know, you played a lot of years in this game, and I'm sure that there were many seasons when you did open up against a division foe in game number one. The Giants mm-hmm. obviously have had a lot of games with the Dallas Cowboys yeah. over the course of the last decade. I guess we may have talked about this when the schedule first came out, but let me ask you this now, just as long as you brought it up. How much did it matter to you who you played in week one, and did it matter if it was a home game or a road game? Well, I think it mattered that it was a home game um, because travel, as you know, we all have done it, is is not fun. Um, And you're going to an opposing team stadium, which can be a little bit uh, loud and crazy. Um, And I don't think it really mattered, Paul, who it was. I think that that first game is the team that's probably you talk about the most because when the schedule comes out, that's your first game. So everybody talks about it, right? Um, So I don't think it really matters who it is. I will tell you this. because it's an AFC team and it's the first game of the season, I think that's that's a little bit better. Um, because you know the NFC, if you're in the NFC and you play an NFC opponent and you play an NFC East opponent, um, as we all know, those games mean a little bit more than a loss or even a win to an AFC opponent. So, I see, I was always of the opinion of for, for being around guys in the locker room, and again, you can certainly mm-hmm. dispute this mm-hmm. that opening day. Guys are all jacked up and pumped up, and yeah. they're pretty much intense anyway for opening day. So Correct. playing a division foe on opening day really can't add much to it because you're already jacked up. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, yeah, I agree. But you, you're so excited, and I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Number one, you know that it's here finally. You know, you got a lot of right. work in the offseason and everything that you go through as a player and practicing and working out and all that kind of stuff. It's now here. Um, the other one is that now this is for real. And the other one is on Wednesdays, you walk out of your meeting room and there's an envelope on your on your uh, little stool in front of your locker. That would be a paycheck. <laughs> you finally get a paycheck. <laughs> finally. And that means a you lot like to some that. of these guys. Right? Oh, yeah. You like well, that. Let, let me tell you, everybody likes that. <laughs> Trust me. Because the, the little preseason paychecks, you know, they don't pay for much. And uh, the one thing about those preseason paychecks that a lot of people may or may not re- realize is that everybody gets paid the same. So if you are Tom Brady or you are uh, Casey Kreider, you're getting the same amount of money in preseason. But as soon as that first week comes around, that starts to change just a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. it's, uh, but, you know, in, in reality, it is fun. It's exciting. The first game of the season. And I, I will tell you, as, as you're early on in your career and even, even in later in your career, as this first couple weeks settle in, you're still a little bit nervous. You got to be a little bit nervous if you're a younger player or you're an older veteran because you never know what happens. You know what I mean? There's so much there's so much transition going on within these first couple of weeks. Now remember, anybody that's on the active roster as of opening day is guaranteed their salary. So you know there's kind of like these. If you're a veteran, you're like, oh boy, are they going to cut me and then have me bring me back week two and they don't have to guarantee my salary? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into these things. But you know, if you're good enough, you don't have to worry about that. So, um, by the way. We uh, we should tell you folks that limited tickets are still available for the Giants home opener against the Denver Broncos. That game, again, is going to be coming up on Sunday. So uh, you can go to Giants.com slash single game tickets now if you'd like to secure your seat. Just as a matter of a public service message, there are tickets available for the Giants-Denver game. By the way, that is a 425 start uh, in case you have not checked your schedule anytime uh, recently. 
Now, um, one thing I wanted to mention to you, Jeff, and uh, we're going to get to our callers in just a moment. Again, at 201-939-4513. John from Staten Island just hold on just a moment there. Because from a news perspective, and I thought it was very interesting, at practice yesterday, uh, all of the Giants participated in the Shells practice except for Evan Ingram, who was on the side with the trainers, and Caden Smith, who was doing some work on the side with the trainers as well. Now, we know that Ingram... Uh, obviously, you know, has a legitimate injury, but uh, in terms of the calf, Caden Smith, I was unaware of him having an injury, so it may have simply been one of those load maintenance days that we are now talking about in the year 2021. Hope so. So I'm not in a panic over that. I don't know that there's anything wrong with him, but that would leave Kyle Rudolph at the moment as the only pure tight end of the three guys on the depth chart available to play Denver. So it was kind of funny. He just started working out or, you know, practicing with the team a week and a half ago after coming off pup with the foot injury. And people were asking him during his press briefing yesterday, you know, are you ready? And he goes, look, I've been preparing, you know, to play pro football games for a long time. I know what I have to do, and I can take as many snaps as they want. I, I, will, I will take as many snaps until they actually take me out of there. Uh, an interesting scenario in that they may, and I don't know, again, I don't know what the story is with Caden Smith. It, it may simply be load management, but they may even, if Ingram can't go, have to dip onto the practice squad mm-hmm. and grab a tight end in game number one before the season even really gets going. Well, that's the luxury, right? I mean, that's what you're able to do. Um, so I think that, well, as time time will tell. I mean, today's only Tuesday, so we got a little ways to go, and um you know, I think that Caden Smith, I, you know, with <laughs> I, I read that transcript, by the way, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph was hilarious. You know, he's a funny dude. He is a funny guy. Saying, you know, you know what he I, reminds I, me of he reminds me of Red Ellison. Red, yeah, Red wasn't yeah, quite. He, Red didn't have quite as much flair and not mm-hmm. maybe as much energy, but a very similar personality. Right. Yeah, I like them both. And I'll tell you what, I like them both as players and people. Me too. And, and I am excited to see. Rudolph play and we all have seen him play when he was with the Vikings and we know how much of a dynamic player he is and I, I want to see how much he's got left in the tank and I think he has got quite a bit um, we do know one thing he doesn't drop passes um, knock on wood and uh, the guy that can get open tough tough as nails has a lot of after the catch ability and a little red zone threat so uh, yeah you know to your point Paul that's that's something to, to keep a look at and um, you know the the advantage of having your same guys on the practice squad that were with you all off season and training camp is that they can just transition right, right into the game. Now the tough part about this, Jeff, is if they do have to reach down onto the practice squad to grab a guy, uh, there is Jake Hausman, Mm -hmm. Ryan Izzo, Mm -hmm. and Chris Myarek. Those are the available practice squad tight ends on the Giants roster. And it's not like, those guys have a whole lot of NFL experience. Although Izzo, Izzo, obviously, with the Patriots connection, has done some things in this league before. Sure. But, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, Hausman, the guy, he understands the offense, you know, so he's been around a little bit. So we'll see. You know, we still got a long ways to go. We got Sunday at 4 o'clock. That's, that's still a long, that's almost a week away. Um, yep. But we'll see what happens. You know, one thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit, I don't know which of you guys touched on it on the show yesterday, um, but some exciting news that I thought, and um, quite a few of them, by the way, when they were the captains were announced uh, for the team, 
Yes. And um, I don't know if you guys talked a lot about this yesterday or not, John. I don't know who was basically on yesterday, but um, I thought it was I thought it was great. I, I love when those come out because I feel like a lot of the guys are you know they're very excited about being a captain. Obviously, it's a huge honor when your teammates pick you as one of those. Um, and I thought the the guys that they that were picked as captains were outstanding. I think great leaders. You see, Nick Gates is a new one on there. Um, well, Ram- let's get the list. Yeah. Okay. okay. Jones, Barkley, and Gates on offense. Peppers, mm-hmm. Martinez, and Ryan on defense, and Graham Gano on special teams. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think of who. I know DJ was one last year. Um, so was I Barkley. Think, and Barkley and was and Blake Martinez too, right? Yeah. Was yeah. Okay. Um, but you know the new guys. I mean Graham Gano, obviously. Uh, that's an awesome because he is. That, what a what a year he had last year. Um, an older veteran, a guy that can has a nice presence in the locker room. But, you know, I just think I was a captain with the Giants uh, for many years, and I, I, I will never, ever forget that. And that is the ultimate compliment to have your own teammates elect you as one of your captains and one of your leaders. And I, I, I just commend all those guys that got picked. Um, it'll be a lot of fun for them. I would like to name you captain of our BBKL crew. How about that? Thank you. That's only one person. I have to get the rest of the guy to do it, too. So I John, think I can strong on there enough of votes for you, okay? I'm sure I think I can do that. Things. Okay. No, right. he can't. Right. No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> let's we're going to the... mail-in ballot here, okay? So Let's go to the phones at 201-939-4513. And the first guy up is going to be John from Staten Island. He's been holding on the longest. Hello, John. You're on the show. Hi. Uh, hi, Paul and Jeff. Uh, Hello, John. Uh, first of all, I want to – I, I want to I want to second the uh, Jeff for captain. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, See what you in. started, Paul. I'm all in. Why so not? Right now, you got a hundred percent of the votes. Okay, perfect. So thank you. <laughs> perfect. Not much. So, not sure it means anyway, much, I, but that's fine. <laughs> With this crew. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I'm really pumped for uh, Sunday's game. Um, I think that I think that. Um, you know, from what we've seen from the Giants this year, the improvements we've made, I think we have several advantages over Denver this weekend. Uh, first of all, our pretty much our entire offense has come back uh, in the same in the same system as they were in last year, and it's defense, same thing, same defense as last year. So this is our second year in the program. Uh, so so I feel good about that. Denver Denver has new coaching and. I'll be honest with you. I can't be afraid of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think if he puts up 13 on, on our defense, it's it's a lot. Um, so anyway, so I just want to know what you guys think about that. Well, I think I think you would probably get very few arguments from anybody who thinks this will be a high-scoring game, being that the Giants have a terrific defense and the Broncos are much improved in terms of their pass uh, defense, and or at least we think so. And with their their edge rushers, who we anticipate are going to have a resurgence. Now, they don't defend the run very well. Their interior defense against the rush, not so good, which would mean the Giants should lean on their ground game. I don't care if it's Booker or Barkley getting most of the carries. Probably Booker. They they should want to win a game, twenty to thirteen, seventeen to fourteen. That's the kind of game I think you're going to see on Sunday, and I and I believe that the Giants are the better team, and they should win. Jeff, right? Yeah, I I, I believe that you know it always comes down to these turnovers, right? I mean, I I feel like this these teams are 
they're very well matched, both defenses. They can make plays. Um, their secondaries can make plays. Their defensive ends and, and their edge rushers can make plays. So I think that you have to take a look at the turnovers and how that's going to affect the outcome of the game. What I would like to see to start off this 2021 season offensively is to be able to put up more than 17.5 points on Sunday. Um, and if that takes getting into the 20s, I'm fine with that because we did talk a little bit about our predictions and stuff, and I was hoping that the Giants could get one extra touchdown a game, um, which would put them in the 24, which is a lot. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think the Giants can win this game. It's not going to be easy, but I think that the turnovers are going to be something to look at because you got Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't make a lot of turnovers. He's a pretty smart player. He was going to rely on that defense, and Daniel Jones should do the same if he can just be smart with the football, and then we're going to have a good good game in front of us. I think that I think that if uh, DJ can take care of the football, has uh, we can do really well in this game because w- we have a much better running game than Denver has. And, and with Galladay uh, and the other receivers we have, if Daniel can just take care of the football, throw it away when he has to, eat it when he has to, but don't turn it over, I think that our defense can – between our defense and our special teams, I think that we're looking to get some turnovers. And hopefully, hopefully, I'd like to see the offense put up 17 and the defense put up 7. Well, uh, if you're uh, sniffing turnovers, great. you'd rather have had Drew Locke play quarterback. 100%. Yeah. You know, Teddy <laughs> Bridgewater's yeah. not going to really give the ball to you. That's just right. something he does not do. Yep. yep. But that, that, that doesn't mean that one of their running backs, the way the Giants defenders have been going after the ball during tackles and down the field, I feel like I feel like we can strip a ball from a receiver or a running back or quarterback in a strip sack rather than maybe an interception. Although although that's certainly always a possibility. But I would look I would look for our defense to be able to force the Broncos to be able to put the ball on the ground at least once, and then you know the way it's, it's the way the ball bounces. That's you know, and if you can. And if they can do it in their own end and you get the ball on the 20 and you can come across with either three or seven accredited to the defense, that makes this game all the much more winnable. But well, I, you know, I, have to be, I, have, I have to be honest, if we don't win this game, I'll be a little disappointed. Well, I would concur with that last statement. I would say this, just in looking at the numbers for Teddy Bridgewater, and I've never considered him not only a guy who doesn't throw interceptions, we already know that, but I've never really thought about him as a guy with fumbleitis. And as I look at his specific stats, only 18 fumbles in 59 career appearances. So that's one fumble every three games which is is not such a bad ratio when you consider a quarterback who is going to take his pounding. So he's right. not one who's, right. you know, he's not apt to either put the ball on the ground or into somebody else's hands through the air. So, I again, I, I don't think relying on a strip sack is, is going to be a great strategy because he's not a guy who's going to give it up. Yeah. Right. But, but thanks for but the call. Playing for it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Paul Dottino and Jeff Fiegels. He is at Jay Fiegels on Twitter. I am at Giants WFAN. Um, I think one of the other things that I wanted to mention off of yesterday's uh, Kyle Rudolph media avail, Jeff, is that he knows Bridgewater and he knows the system that Pat Shermer is trying to institute uh, over as the one of the offensive assistants with the Broncos. 
And so he was asked, you know, is there any crossover from your time with the Vikings? And he said, well, absolutely. I know exactly what they're running, and I know what Teddy wants to do. So he would definitely be telling the Giants defense things to look for and things that they need to be aware of. Uh, That may play a little bit into this. I don't think it plays a lot into it, but it may help, and who knows? You know, with the the wily veterans that the Giants have in the secondary, guys like Logan Ryan and and Jabril Peppers and, and of course, uh, James Bradbury, maybe that one little tip that he can tell them about Teddy Bridgewater might lead to an interception. Yeah, I don't think it's all that, you know, you you go into the game and you try to say, okay, I know exactly what they're going to do here and there. But, you know, you, you look at it, you listen, and maybe it is a point in the game where because of your film study, and some of the things that Coach Graham has, has taught you guys during the week that it comes up. You say, oh, man, remember we talked we talked about this. And Kyle Rudolph mentioned that, you know, a little tendency and a little trick here, you know, yeah. a tip. But it's not something you're going to go into the game and rely on because they could change the whole package. And then you'd be sitting there looking for it. And meanwhile, getting beat over the top on something. So, Although it's I, fair to say, Jeff, that Pat Shermer, who, who is the Broncos <laughs> offensive coordinator and calls their plays because Vic Vangio does not do that as the right, head coach. Right. It is fair to say that we saw Pat Shermer call the plays for the Vikings. We also saw him calling for the Giants, and now he's with Denver. I don't think there's going to be a significant change in the characteristics of what he does. Nope, nope. And uh, there's still not a lot. There's not a lot of guys, you know, defensively on this team that can rem- well remember a lot of it. But I, I listen. There's a game plan. I'm really excited about Patrick Graham and what he's going to do again this season. Um, I, I think this is going to be the strength of this 2021 team. Will be the defense. And um, especially if they can stay healthy and also at that edge rushing position, I'm excited to see Carter and Zimenez and Ojolari and those guys kind of really come into their own this year and really put a lot of pressure on the on the quarterbacks. Bridgewater's a guy that he's 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 not going to make a lot of mistakes, but he will make mistakes. He's he's human now. So mm-hmm. um, and if Patrick Graham can, you know, have to do some things to get him out of his rhythm, then he'll do it. Okay, let's go to line two. Matt from Long Island, you're next on the show. Hello. Hi, Matt. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thank you. Um, Paul, I think you nailed it just a few minutes ago uh, in terms of the Giants' approach to the game. They, they have to have a heavy dose of power running with you know maybe max protection, play action, shots down the field. The, I would say that the biggest mismatch in the game on paper is probably – their edges versus our tackles. And, and that is more likely to produce a turnover than our pass rush versus Bridgewater. So keeping us in third and fours, third and fives, where the quick pass game, uh, screen passes, even draws, uh, is our best case. We, we can't look at this where we got to win this game and show that our offense is improved. It doesn't matter how we win. If we win 3 nothing, great. Move on to the next one and, and get to the next game. Uh, I do think that Denver is probably a sounder team than us right now. They've had less fluctuation in training camp. Their, their skill guys have been healthy. Our guys have been in and out. I think for us, if we play a close-to-the-best game, rely on the energy from the crowd, it's the first giant game with a crowd in over a year. It's a 430 game. The beers are going to be flowing in that parking lot. I, I do expect it to be a really good atmosphere. But, man, I totally agree that we have to play this game close to the fest on offense and not let the offensive line destroy our chances. Jeff? No, absolutely. I think that you'll keep an eye on some of those edge rushers. 
Um, and, you know, if you have to put in a little bit of help, I mean, this is where the tight end position actually comes into play. Um, but remember this, they, they've got some fullbacks. The offensive linemen can play a little bit of tight end if you need them to um, with that extra offensive line that you're allowed to have active on game day. So, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Saquon, if he's back um, and you're hoping that he's going to play this Sunday, however much he is going to play, I don't know, and I don't think Paul knows, anybody knows, but the fact if he is, if he is going to play, and it looks like he will, uh, that's going to be good for this offense because it's going to be able to, to really keep this, this Denver defense off guard a little bit. they got to defend the run first and then set up some play-action stuff. So um, number one for me is ball security in this game. you got to do it. Don't turn the ball over, and you got a chance to win the game. It's flat out. That's where they're going to come down to. Is that it, Matt? Anything yeah, else? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll just say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the game. I'm in Section 103. Good. Any of the fans listening, if you're going to the game, we've got to bring it. This, this franchise has gotten off to a terrible start after a terrible start. We need a big effort from the fans to help push this team through. We need to get good vibes going early in the season. You know, average teams become good teams sometimes when they just get up to a good start. You know, teams quit around the league, guys start missing games with minor injuries. Let's not be that team. Let, let's, let's everybody be positive. Let, let's all have a, a, a good mindset going into the game. Support the team. If they get down early, don't boo them off the field at halftime. Let's try to help our team. Sounds good, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for the call. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Regarding Saquon Barkley, he did practice yesterday, again, during the shells-only practice, moving fluidly, cutting, stopping, turning, accelerating, doing all the things that you'd want to see him do, but has really yet to be contacted heavily. Now, Joe Judge did say last week, uh, that at the end of last week, they did contact him some in practice, and he said Barkley came through smiling, <laughs> which, of course, doesn't say a whole lot other than, That's I exciting. guess, he wasn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I mean, uh, smiling after all of that rehab and being able to do – Exactly. Where, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's smiling because he's, you know, he sees the definitely the light at the end of the tunnel, and um, now it's just a matter of managing it and getting him. I know he's always going to be excited to get on the field. Just got to kind of manage those expectations a little bit. Right. So now tomorrow's a fully padded practice. It'll be a tough one, a physical one. All of the guys who are nicked up, again, I repeat this, all of the guys who are nicked up, uh, tomorrow's a big test for them, according to Coach Judge. And then, of course, how they react in the 24 hours following. Uh, it is my belief based on how things have gone to this point, how guys are moving, even though they've been mostly involved in non-contact. It is my belief that Galladay and Tony and Barkley, uh, uh, Adoree Jackson, uh, Slayton, I think the arrow is all up and pointing toward green for all of them. Ingram is the one that would concern me the most in terms of his availability mm -hmm. because he did not practice yesterday. Mm -hmm. well, that's a shame, too, because he was having such a good offseason, a good training camp. Um, but, you know, as a football coach and as an organization, this is where you're leading to, right? You want to be able to line up that first game of the season and have your squad because there's so much time that you put into to putting this team together through the offseason via the draft, via the free agency, um, coachings, everything. And now you're lining up and you're, you know, five days away from playing football and you've got pretty much all your guys ready to go. And like you said, Paul, if the, if the arrow is green and we're ready to go, I'm excited. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and Ingram, I think, would probably be one of those where you want to 
The problem with Ingram is you don't want to really – you want to be careful with him because you got to play Thursday. So, you know, I think that if he's if he's not 100%, you may wait till Thursday and maybe see how he goes there. So we'll see. One other item today before we go back to the phone calls. Mm-hmm. Tim, you will be next up on line three. The Giants did release their unofficial public relations generated depth chart. Uh, just a short time ago, uh, and that's basically just to give the media an idea of who's playing where. Again, it does not come out with the authorization of the coaching staff. So I stress to you that it's unofficial, but I do point out one thing on the depth chart because I've been talking about it for the last two weeks. Right there. I said it on the show yesterday, Jeff, and I'm going to say it, say it today for your benefit so you can comment. I am a firm believer that Matthew Parrott has not seized the starting right tackle job as they had hoped he would at this point during the summer. He's been inconsistent, and it's my belief that he did not grab that job by the throat. It is my belief that Nate Solder would probably start against the Denver Broncos because of his experience against that veteran edge-rushing pass rush that the Mm -hmm. Broncos bring to the table. It would not surprise me if it is a fleming Parrot rotation involving Solder and Parrot, That would not surprise me either. Sure. But my guess, I think the Arrows, and I've been saying it for two weeks, are pointing towards Solder taking a bunch of snaps at right tackle and potentially starting. And today's unofficial depth chart has Nate Solder starting at right tackle. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I see that. And I, definitely a rotation because Joe's Judge has mentioned that, that he's not afraid of doing that, and he will do it. Um, remember, too, that Nate Solder is the oldest of, the, of all the linemen of the five starters, so he could use a break here and there. Um, and then I feel like that, you know, Matt Parrott has just got to prove that he can still – he's going to get better. But I, I, I 100% concur with you with everything you said, Paul. Um, it, it makes sense, and um, – you know, barring anything else, I, I think that's that. I, I think it totally makes sense to me. And I'll go one further. And it's not that I know anything special because I don't. But with Lemieux having so little time at practice because of the knee injury that he suffered, would it shock you if Bredesen wound up taking some of the snaps on Sunday at left guard and Lemieux does not play the full 65, 75 snaps against the Broncos? No. Nope. Would that surprise you? No, it wouldn't. I, I think he would probably have, you know, a, a little a little part of the playbook that he has to understand. But those guys, you know, those guys are offensive linemen. They've seen so many plays in their in their life that they they understand. They get it. They have a weekend. I remember reading some of the transcripts with him over Labor Day weekend. He was going to be spending the whole time in his playbook and learning this offense. And I, that would not surprise me because they've already done it. They did it last year with Lemieux. You know, they did it last year with Parrot. So I don't see a problem with with what could happen. And remember. Lemieux got all of his reps because Hernandez was out with COVID for an extended period of time. Um, so you never know what's going to happen, but I don't, I don't see why that couldn't happen, and maybe that it, that it will because you've well, got to be careful with Lemieux. You know, you just can't throw him in there for 75 snaps again. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe he's okay 100%, but um, coming off of a knee injury, that's you got to make sure. Well, my thinking is actually multiple folds. One is there's no question that Lemieux has had very limited reps during the course of the summer. So if it's 80 degrees and humid, is it really fair to throw him out there for 75 snaps? Probably not. Yeah. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is 
if he is still having lingering effects from whatever that knee injury was, and I know there have been reports about certain types of knee injury, but Mm -hmm. let's just say for the sake of of the argument that he's got some kind of lingering deal there and they want to be careful with him, to ramp him up all of a sudden to 75 snaps is also probably not a great thing. (laughs) So conditioning is one. The knee injury is number two. Number three, uh, Bredesen, from what we understand, is a very smart player, played at the University of Michigan, very football savvy. And if he can pick a certain amount of plays up, certain packages up, I could see him playing a few series in relief of of Lemieux, spelling him, because the fourth part of this is what you just said. We've seen that Joe Judge is not afraid to rotate his linemen. You put all those things together, it seems to me nobody should be surprised if Bredesen takes some snaps away at left guard. Well, Bredesen might, you know, he might be vying for a starting position too. You know, I mean, when you look I suppose at the, that's possible. When you look at Lemieux and what he graded out as last year, um, wasn't very good, and you know has not shown. You know, I mean, he's been out of the lineup. So, hey, everybody, you hear Coach Judge say it all the time: the best eleven guys are going to play. Okay, in this instance, the best five offensive linemen are going to play. And they have confidence in every one of those guys that they could, if they put them in, that they will do the job. And if one person doesn't do their job, the next person will take it over. So we'll see what happens. It's just fair warning. And that's just, And I'm not, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. This is the way that, that the word is spoken in the locker room. The word is spoken in the meeting rooms. This is how football works, folks. You're not, just, you're not guaranteed a position just because you were there before. You've got to prove it every day and every practice and every game, or they're going to find somebody else to do it better. Trust me. It happens. That's why this game is so tough. Well, what have you done for me lately? (laughs) Exactly. Line three, Tim from Charleston. We hope you are well, and you're next on the program. I'm doing great, Paul and Jeff, and I got a couple of things. One, a little comment on the game, a a couple of little quick quick predictions, one one of which I think uh, Jeff will really like, and then – I want to comment on something in the in the post game coverage, something I loved from last year and really looking forward to. So right off the bat, mm-hmm. I agree with the previous caller. You know, Denver was in the lower level, the lower tier of the league last year in run defense, and the best way to neutralize their 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 pass rush is to run the ball and get. And, but you know what? One thing I think that us Giant fans have gotten too much. We always talk about oh, third and shorts, third and two, third and three, third and four. How about second and shorts? How about getting more first downs on first down or specifically on second down? If you got a second and less than five, we got the option of running the ball, with, especially with Kyle Rudolph there to support the run game, or quick, quick out to Kyle Rudolph. He's going to catch the ball if he's standing anywhere. He's tall enough. Or Sterling Shepard on a quick slant or you know quick screen. Let's get those first downs on second down and completely neutralize their pass rush so they don't get those third downs where they can pin their ears back and and endanger Daniel Jones. So that's that's my comment on the strategy for the game. I think I, I, I'll, I'll go on. No, I'll, real quickly, I, I like your I like your strategy. Um, I think that the Giants need to, and I know John agrees with me because he brought this up before that they need to throw the ball a little bit more on first down. Um, and, and when I mean throw the ball, I don't have to – it doesn't have to be 15, 20 yards down, the, down the, the, uh, the field. You know, you can use that short passing game as an extension of your running game. So, exactly. I mean, second and six, second and four, man, you can open up a lot of things there. I mean, you can take a deep shot there, and now you've still got a manageable third down if it's incomplete. 
So there's a lot of things you can do that predicates itself on first down. If you can get some success on first down, it opens up a lot of different things, which neutralizes the defense, like you said. Great call. Yep. All right. Wait. Hold it down. Let me no, we got you. Prediction. Okay. <laughs> you said great call. I thought you were going to cut me short there, no. Jeff. I, oh, I don't have the oh, ability man. to cut you short, so you're oh, hanging good. on. <laughs> I, feel better. I feel better now. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so my prediction for the guy, I feel mildly confident going into this game, trying not to be overconfident, certainly first game of the year and everything. But we are at home. My prediction for the score of the game is going to be 23-13 to 13 with two, two things in there. One, yeah, I know Bridgewater doesn't turn over the ball a lot uh, that much, but I think our defense is opportunistic and very aggressive and pumped up. And I think at least one of those scores will be off a Ooh. turnover, something the okay. defense does, whether it's a fumble or a, a, a tip ball, an interception, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. I'm not saying they're going to score it but it'll set us up to score, get one of those scores. And the second one that I think Jeff will like, because Eli Penny is, I know, one of your favorites is someone who plays so well in special teams, too. He showed so much in preseason that I think he's going to catch a critical third down pass for a big first down or maybe even score a touchdown. Whoa. So then I got the one last thing on the coverage. If you want to comment first, you want me to go No, no, go ahead. Thing. Go ahead. All right. So you know what I loved last year? And I never learned so much, really, about football before. And I'm pretty savvy, but when it comes to the X's and O's, I never really played the game, never, you know, so I was never involved at that level. And in the postgame, like I think it was usually two days after, Bob Papa had the Joe Judge report or whatever it was called postgame, and and Joe would come on and with the big screen and he would show this stuff. (laughs) And, man, I mean, not only did I learn about the regular plays, but when he talked about special teams, about punt coverage, about kickoff coverage, about punt returns and kickoff returns, and the individual guys' responsibilities and their lanes and how they had to help each other. And, I mean, wow, I was like, this is amazing how complicated it really is and how much really goes into it and how important it is for everybody to execute at the finest level. And I learned so much. And if I know, I know uh, Paul, you got to have Bob Papa's here. Man, I know Joe Judge is a busy man, but if they could expand that another five minutes or so from the maybe 10 to 15 minutes it usually runs, I I just would love to see more of that because I learned so much about the game, and I look forward to that every week. And with that, I'll take you guys off the air. Thank you, Tim. Hey, Paul, by the way, just for the record, the Joe Judge report was a full 30 minutes last year, so I don't think it's going to get any longer, just just (laughs) FYI. No, there will be details forthcoming about uh, the MSG programming this week. And I promise you that Joe Judge will be part of it. And his video screen breakdowns were probably the best football detailed presentations that I've seen on television since Ali Sherman used to do the ESPN Monday night matchup back in the day when ESPN had first come on the air. And they used to have the former Giants coach, Ali Sherman, come on and do all kinds of X's and O's breakdowns. That stuff was the best stuff that any football fan, uh, you know, could ever digest because it was old school. It was hardcore. Okay, you know what? So it wasn't Las Vegas glitz and glamour. But if you wanted the beef, that was the beef. And Joe Judge brings the beef on his television show, much like Ali Sherman used to. It's ironic, both of them Giants coaches. Um, and and so I appreciate your comments, and I, I promise you, Joe Judge will be back on the airwaves with MSG this year. We'll give you more details on that as soon as we get them. Uh, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to follow up on? 
No, no. I just I, I I I too watch those and they're they're remarkable when you talk about special teams because like like the like is it Tim the caller who was yes. he was mentioning how how much goes into special teams and that's just one thing that a lot of people it, there's a lot that goes into every play in football whether it's defense or offense or special teams but a lot of people just don't understand that how much goes into special teams and where you have to be on the field and what your responsibilities are. There's a lot of guys on special teams that they know they're not going to make the tackle if they're covering. Their responsibility is the outside just to make sure that nobody gets outside of them and, and they turn the play inside. They're never going to make a tackle. So, you know, those are the types of things that people don't understand where Joe Judge basically tells you how it is and where the responsibility of all these people are and why the play broke down if it did. That's that's the to me that's the one I like to see. They don't show a lot of bad plays on there, but they but he will bring that up. He'll say, you know, if we don't do this, then this is what happens. And I think it it really is is good for the listeners and the people that actually pay attention to it because they can understand how complicated sometimes these plays on special teams are. Great ahead, stuff. Yep. Great stuff. Uh for you folks out there in case you haven't gotten your tickets yet on September 26th, you can watch the Giants retire Eli Manning's jersey in style. If you don't have a regular seat and you want to kind of upgrade, the Giants are offering an exclusive suite package, which includes Eli Manning bobbleheads, jerseys, T-shirts, and more. Talk about a gift pack for the holidays. Speak with a Giant suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925. That's 888-NYG-1925 and select option number four. We go back to the phone lines, and Dexter is in Albany. Uh, you are next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, Dex. Hey. Hey, P-Dot. What's up, Paul? What's up, Jeff? How y'all guys doing? Wonderful. Uh, we are well. Thanks for calling. All right. I'm, first, I got to mourn my man, David Patton. First of all, I have to say mourn to him. Rest in peace. Yeah, David, David Patton. Patton. For those of you who don't know, the other day he passed away after a motorcycle accident. I believe he was 47 yep. years old. He was a Giants kickoff old. returner uh, when Jim Fossil yes. was the head coach and a deep-on-the-depth chart wide receiver who, after he left the Giants, I want to say he played for the Browns and then the Patriots, might have had another team in there as well. With the Patriots, he won three Super Bowls because he became even more dangerous as a receiver than he was as a kick returner. Correct, correct. Also, um, correction on the offensive line. Um, I went through a past patella tendon injury playing sports also. So if Shane Lemieux is going through that same experience, I best need to shut him down for the year so he can be fresh and ready. I mean, you got Matt Skura, you got Billy Price, even Nick Gates willing to play guard again. I mean, I would love to see Will Hernandez back at left guard and Nick Gates play the right guard or Breederson. But what do you guys think about that? Mm. Well, I, I think that obviously if he can't play, they'll they're gonna they'll put him put him put him on ice, if you will. <laughs> but you know, I don't I don't think that um, I don't know much about the injury. I just know that obviously you can play through it. And if he can check all the boxes and do what he's got to do, um, then they'll continue to let him play. But as soon as if, if that injury is uh, is showing that he can't compete and do well, then I think that's that they'll make a switch, whether it's put him on IR or what. But, you know, I, I don't know if that injury can get better as you go or is it something that has to be surgically repaired somewhere, you know, along the timetable, whether after the season, obviously, or, you know, so I don't know. I've never I've never had that type of injury. I don't know much about it. Dexter, from a from a it's generic a- perspective, I did some research on the injury. 
Uh, again, not knowing uh, Shane Lemieux's specifics, and I want to stress that. This is a, a generic comment I'm going to make. If it's a minor uh, patella injury, it mm-hmm. can heal on its own after time. Mm-hmm. If it's a significant tear all the way through with the tendon, you have to have the surgery, and there's no other way around sure. it. Well, he hasn't had the surgery, which tells you it wasn't torn all the way through, obviously. And I've also been told that it requires immobilization if it's, a, if it's serious. Well, that's not been the case. A short time after Lemieux suffered the injury, he was back out on the side working with the trainers, and then subsequent to that, he's been out on the field taking snaps. Now, okay. that says to me, right, the fact that he's doing that says that it was probably much more on the minor side and may have already started to heal. Otherwise, I don't think he could do what he's doing. Because that's definitely your mobility and agility. You have to be on that because it took me about six to eight months to recover from that. So that's why I'm saying it's a serious injury if it does pop because you, I'm just worried about agility moving along. Also, my, um, I got a couple of sleepers. I know you guys were discussing it yesterday, but I really like our slot guy, um, Donnie Holmes. I think he's going to have a big year this year for some particular reason. This guy is just getting better and better, and he's he just got that football IQ. I, what do you guys think about um, Donnie Holmes as a sleeper this year? Well, I think the first question is, do you consider him a sleeper since he's pretty much locked in as the starting slot guy? Does that make him a sleeper? I, that That's the first question. But do I think he's a really good player? I think the upside is very high on him. Me too. Okay, and and my bull prediction, I think um, Saquon is going to break his rookie scrimmage record. I think he's going to do it. I think Saquon is going to really do it because he, from this training that I see this guy do, I think he's going to really do it. Even after what AP came back from his ACL, I look at the previous guys, and I definitely think Saquon because I'm a big Penn State follower, and I tell, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Saquon break his rookie scrimmage record. So he had That's just over 2,000 all-purpose yards from, from scrimmage. I should say total yards from scrimmage. All-purpose yards includes uh, kick returns. 1,300. So he was, he was over 2,000 yards from scrimmage as a rookie. You're saying he's going to do that again this season. Also understanding 17 games. he's got 17 games, but maybe exactly. limited touches early on. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. okay. I, think, I think they hide in Saquon. I think he's the secret. They're hiding him. He's a secret. I think they're hiding it. Defensive coordinators, defensive coordinators is, is a nightmare planning for that guy. They are really planning for this guy. Right can, can I tell you something, Dexter? To be frank with you, if the Giants were playing any kind of games here, if they were playing possum, they'd be much better off going in the other direction and making the Denver Broncos coaching staff nervous as hell that they were going to unleash Barkley on them. <laughs> it does not make sense to hide him, if you will. That, 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 that would be in the reverse direction. I understand. I understand, P. I understand. You know, you saying, want those guys to stay up. I call them Excedrin players. Well, Barkley's yeah. an Excedrin player. He causes <laughs> headaches for the other team. You want those coaches exactly. to stay up at night worrying about him. So you would, if anything, you would overplay it and say he is going to start. <laughs> Have a good you. day, Texter. Right, Thanks guys. for calling. Be well.
201-939-4513 is our phone number. Uh, taking all the action of the New York football giants from your very own private suite. Giant suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends who are rooting on your giants here at MetLife Stadium. Speak with a giant suite representative now by calling 888-NYG-1925, or you could wait till after Big Blue Kickoff Live is over and then call 888-NYG-1925 <laughs> and check out the suite availabilities. We go back to line one, Glenn from Florida. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey there, guys. I'm Good. looking forward to um, the game this weekend. And I can't wait to see how they use to, to Juan Barkley and all that stuff. And hopefully he'll be top-notch and, and will win the game. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much he plays, uh, number one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that we all can – I expect that he's going to go, you know, the whole game and get 40 carries and they're going to grind it out because they have to be careful with him. So that's to me, I, I, I have a feeling he is going to play. As Paul said, he's been practicing um, with everything you're reading about it. It's pointing in that direction. But I, I think the Giants have to be a little bit careful. And by the way, remember, this game next week is on a Thursday. So if you want him to play yeah, in that game, you good. certainly got to be careful with him in this game. I'm yeah. still going with the fact that Booker will have more touches than Barkley on Sunday. I'm, 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 Sounds I'm like an over-under. <laughs> or fact or fiction. And you know John's listening. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yes, you, you you just gave me a very easy question for Sunday. Thank you very much. That's I appreciate right. that. Booker, more touches than Barkley. Fact. You already have my answer. Write it down. Go ahead. Okay. I also predict the Giants will go 9-8 and eight in the division and make the playoffs and win two um, playoff games. Nine so and eight. Nine so they're a wild card? Nine and eight, win the division, and win two playoff games. Oh, win the division. Okay. That's yes. what I thought he said. Win the division. All right. Well, hey, I, look, I don't care how many wins it takes to win the division. I'm sure they'll take it as long as they finish in first. <laughs> yeah, no question. <laughs> you know, and we'll, and we'll seven nine, did it last year. <laughs> well, nine and eight, they're going to probably end up playing, I would imagine, you know, a first game. You know what I'm saying? Like the first week. Right? Oh, yeah, you're not going to be a number one or number two so seed with nine I think wins. That, yeah, um, so they're to win two games. Hey, listen, I, I think if this team comes back and wins nine games and wins the division, I mean, I, I'll, I'll sign up for that right now, right now. Yeah. Um, and that's just I, – I honestly think that this division is going to be a lot of fun this year. I think it's going to be very competitive. I know Philly is as – everybody's got Philly being out. Um, but, you know, they still have some talent down there. They are in a rebuild. And of course, the quarterback position is the big thing there. But um, this division is going to be—it's uh, going to be competitive. It really is. All right, let's go to line three in Florida. We've got Joey on uh, on hold. Hello, Next Joey. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey guys, um, long time listener, first time caller. Well, thank uh, you. Really, really love the show. I think you guys are the absolute best. Well, thank you're very you. kind. What can we do for you today? Um, so I'm calling about um, – I have a question about, like, the tight ends. I'm not really concerned about the offensive line as much as I am about the tight ends just because with Evan Ingram uh, injured, Caden Smith injured, and Kyle Rudolph working his way back from injury, not really sure how exactly that's going to play out. Um, like, what are, your, what are your thoughts? When do you think Ingram's going to be coming back? I don't even know what's wrong with Caden Smith. 
So, well, I don't know that there's anything wrong with Caden Smith. Again, you have to remember some of these players are held out of a practice under what they now call load management because technology has gotten to the level where they have sensors on every one of these guys every day before they go out to practice. And then they tell the coach, oh, you know what? He's sweating a little too much today. He's breathing a little too heavy today. He seems to be a little bit tired. Or his heart rate is up just a tad. Up, oh, shut him down, shut him down. That's it, load management. So, you know, Dan Reeves used to say the worst thing that ever happened to football was the creation of the MRI. Because now every time somebody has a bump or bruise, send him for an MRI and, well, let's see what's wrong with him. Up, oh, no, he can't play. You know, in those days, they'd spit on it, rub dirt on it, and the guy would go back in five minutes later. So I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I am saying that because of the technology that we have today, the monitoring and the the protocols are a hell of a lot different. So just because a guy doesn't practice, never assume that it's because he's injured. You can't do that anymore because it's, it's, it's a mistake. Too many times you're going to be wrong. The guy was simply held out for load management or, oh, we just thought we'd give him a rest because the trainer said the technology wanted him to get a blow. You get it? <laughs> yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's the way it works today. Um, you know, the, the writers get all bent out of shape. They see a guy off to the side and immediately, oh, so-and-so's hurt, and they can't <laughs> wait to get on Twitter. They're, they're taking their thumbs, and they're going 500 miles an hour to, oh, so-and-so's hurt. He's out of practice. Must be an injury. And then they find out, oh, he was just given a day off for load management. Wah, 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 wah. And one last comment really quick. Um I, I personally think that they should move Nick Gates to guard, and I know it's a little late, uh, but I still think he's going to be a better guard than he is a center, and I'm not saying he's a bad center. He's a great center, did really, really well for us. I just think it would make sense uh, to move him to guard, better protection with the people that we acquired. Um, what it was the guy's name, Ben Bredesen, um, right. I think would take over a center and be a really good center. Uh, for us, and obviously they would have to build on that chemistry, uh, Daniel Jones and Bredesen together. Well, Billy Price uh, is more of a really center than Bredesen is, though. Did you mean okay. Price? I possibly meant Price, sorry. I thought you might have, right? Because Price played with the center with the, with the Bengals. Yes, yeah, yes, thank you. Jeff, your but, thoughts uh, about shuffling guys, the line? Uh, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I mean, if we're if, if it's if it's March and April right now, yo, I, okay, if you want to try, but I mean, we're we're you know the game first game is Sunday. I mean, we're not doing that. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, I, I feel like, you know, if here's the thing about those offensive linemen that we all know is they can they can all can play multiple positions. Ben, there is going to be injuries all the time along the offensive line. It's just the nature of the beast. You know, very few teams make it through the whole season with their whole offensive line that plays every snap, right? So those guys have to play a different position. So, I mean, I would I would welcome the idea if somebody got hurt that you could move Gates somewhere else if it, if it benefited the whole, uh, you know, the line. But I'm not going to do it just because. I'm only going to do it out of a dire need to move him out of his starting position. I don't know about you, Paul. I just That's the way I see it. I'm just not, I'm not moving him. No, I think Gates right now is committed to being the center, and sure. I think that's that's the best laid plans for the Giants. If desperation forces them to make a shuffle, 
well, then I guess anything's possible. Right, right. But, but I don't think you'd want to do that. No. If you could avoid it. Yeah. You know, I think that's a last resort. Let's put it that way. Let's also remember that both of these players were released from the team that they were with. So, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of, uh, you know, there's something there that they didn't keep them on their own team. Now, whether it was a numbers game or, or it was whatever, but the fact of the matter is, is that they're, they're not starting. They weren't starting. And so to have them come in and think that they're going to be better than your starter now at the current position, I, you have to be careful. Sure. You really do. All right, we've got a few minutes left, and Len from Maryland is on the show. Hello, Len. Hello, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Very well. How are you? Good, 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 good. Uh, first of all, listen, uh, great off-season coverage. All four <laughs> of you just did, just Thank did you. a terrific job. Terrific Thank job. Thank you. We appreciate that. <clears throat> uh, topped off by yesterday's show. <laughs> uh, that was pure entertainment, Paul. And, uh, you know, I was going to call in, but... I, I, I didn't want to interrupt you and Lance and, and John's discussions. I mean, it was just, it was good stuff. We Very had some sparklers going yesterday. If you follow Oh, you really did. You really did. And I, I, I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to call in. This is just, that's this the is group. a good listen. That's the it's group. A good listen. If you want sparks, yeah. that's the three in, right in, there. In, in short, Jeff, <laughs> I, I kind of went on a rant because I'm tired of all the hypotheticals and the off-season conversations. <laughs> I just want to see some real football so that we can talk yeah. about facts instead of people's stinking opinions, which, which yeah. in most cases right now, so many folks just have a downer about this team. Well, you know, Paul, you you uh, that that's really what I wanted to talk about was that that particular topic yesterday. You, you know, the hoping and wishing, and maybe a little praying, the slicing and dicing, the numbers, getting all the experts on there, including some of the fans, and I'll throw myself in there too, giving all their comments. It's time, it's time. Let's play some real football, and um, you know, put all that other stuff behind us. Um, for you guys, here's my here's the way I'm feeling about this season. Nothing less than a playoff would satisfy me. Nothing okay. less. It's right. just time, guys. It's time. Hey, Len, I understand, Giants. but I got to ask you: if they go yeah. ten and seven, and you know Coughlin had a ten win team that did not make the yeah. playoffs, and as he said, they can kiss his sorry butt because to win ten games in this league is hard. If they go ten and seven, you would not. Think of that as improvement and as something that would somewhat satisfy you? Well, ask me that when the season's over, Paul. Right now, I'm just thinking this team, it's just, it's just time. It's just time. We've got to get into the playoffs. We've got to be playing well into January. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, the players are there. Um, this is our 53. We stick with them for 17, 18 weeks here. And then into the playoffs, and uh, I, I think that's what's coming. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good, and uh, I like this. I like this team. I like the makeup of this team. Hey, listen, one hint: when we get into short yardage, goal line, short yardage situations, watch Bredesen as your third tight end. He did it down here for Baltimore. He's pretty good at it. Look for that on Sunday. Len, hey, you guys, know you you know how much I love that jumbo package. There I'd you be, go. Watch, I'd be very Brady. quick to get him on the field. Now, now, if he's not starting, if he's you know, if he's right. if he's the regular guard on Sunday, we won't see him in that situation. But if we get into goal line short yardage, Bredesen's the guy. Bredesen's excellent. The guy. Thanks for the hey, tip, guys, Len. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Let's go, John. Thanks, Len. Be Thank well. You.
Well, that's what you know, they'll do. And, and let's not kid ourselves, Jeff, with the situation at tight end as it yeah. stands today. Now, they do have three fullbacks on the roster, Brightwell, Gillespie, and Penny. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they go in with Rudolph and Smith and figure the third fullback can play H-back, and maybe they think that's enough and they don't activate another tight end. I think that's probably unlikely, but they could. Yeah. Well, I think that one of those, remember, they get, you get that extra lineman this year. So that obviously can be your flex tight end slash swing offensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the, you know, the, the tight end position is banged up like that. So uh, you just got to have somebody that understands the package. Like, if we're going to bring you up, this is what we're going to do. Here's the plays you need to learn. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens towards the when do they when do they make the announcement? I'm just curious. And you, you have the answer to this. Those guys that get brought up to the practice 90 squad. minutes before kickoff. It's 90 minutes. So yeah, I mean, when you uh, when you get that that um, <laughs> that list of the active players, yeah. that's the list. That's yeah. it right there. That's when it's decided. So we'll uh, we'll see as the week progresses here with Caden Smith. Hopefully it's just a management uh, day and that he'll be fine. And just we'll have to wait and see about Evan Ingram. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of Thanks, Big Paul. Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, Jeff, always fun. We will be back with tomorrow's program. I forget who's going to be on the show, but again, we are 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, one hour of Giants football every day. Jot down the number, 201-939-4513. That would be Schmelkin deal tomorrow, by the way. There you ding, go. Ding, 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 And hashtag Giants chat if you want to go on Twitter and reach any one of us. Uh, with your comments and or questions. You can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere at a Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time.